welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Hey, well, welcome back, Empower Church. Really good to have you here today, and um, hope you've enjoyed a bit of the warm weather um, this week. It's starting to warm up, which is so lovely. It's good for the soul. Get out and get some vitamin D. This might be the last message I do in a while wearing a hat because, um, as you can see, I haven't had the opportunity to have a haircut for a long time, and um, I'm excited to have one next week, which will be excellent. Um, But it is just great to have you with us. If you found us online or wherever you're watching from um, and you want to know more about Empowered Church, you want to know how to connect with us, we'd love to connect with you. Just head to our website, empoweredchurch.com dot co and all the details there we're on all the social channels and um, if you'd love to connect with us you can want to uh, just quickly just take the opportunity to thank you for your giving over this time I know it's been um, a, a pretty disconnected time in a lot of ways um, but uh, it's it's God's faithful God is so good and um, we just want to really value you we want to honor you and just say thank you for your faithfulness and I'm not just talking about finances here, I'm talking about the effort that you go to within our community without um, the organization of the church having to organize meals for people and um, support for people as they're going through stuff, whether it's a sickness, job loss, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, I just want to take the opportunity to just really honor you because you've been so generous in this time You've thought of others more than yourself, and so I want to really thank you. It is one of the huge hallmarks of being a follower of Jesus. In fact, the Bible teaches us that the world will know our love for Him by the love that we have for each other. And so when we display love through acts of kindness and through um, just ministering to people, it's something pretty special. So good job. Keep it up, and uh, that'd be awesome. We're shifting gears slightly over these next few weeks as we lead up to Christmas, and we're going to um, have some shorter messages. And as you might have noticed, we're not going to necessarily be streaming them all as a premiere, as in live at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, Um, just in the hope that on the Sunday we can give more focus and attention to connecting with one another, which we think is really, really important. I do want to encourage you to go out of your way to connect with people. Um, This Sunday coming across the East and the North community, we're meeting in a whole lot of parks. We will be doing that according to government health guidelines. And, uh, but I do want to encourage you to jump online, have a look at that email we sent out this week and go and connect, get out of the house and come and connect now that we can do it. So keep an eye on your inbox and keep an eye on just the communications that we're sending out because we're going to be letting you know um, as details become more clear how we're going to continue to meet as a church in this next season. 
I have made it clear in an email that I sent out this week that um, we've decided as a church leadership that we're not going to meet in person in the context of a Sunday worship service until we can all meet together. We don't want to add to the conversation around disunity. We don't want to, um, and we want to do everything that we can with our team, with um, our just the wider church community to be as inclusive as we can. And that might mean a bit of innovation, creativity on a whole lot of fronts. Um, but we're excited about this next season and we're excited and we know and we have faith that God is moving even in this absolutely bonkers time. Come on. Hey, I've got a word for you. I believe it's going to bless you. I believe it's going to encourage you. So let's get to work. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, the name that is uh being given authority and power above the earth, on the earth, below the earth, according to Philippians chapter 2. And it's that name that we call upon. It's that name that we gather around. It's that name that unites us. It's that name that uh, empowers us. It's that name, Father, that we know every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It's at that name, Jesus, that sickness must be healed. It's at that name, Father, that storms are cancelled. It's at that name, Father, that demonic forces are silenced. Father, your name is powerful. And Jesus, we thank you that through your name, we can access and have right standing with God the Father. And so we worship you. You alone are worthy, Father. You alone are glorified. You alone are powerful, and we give you our whole hearts, Father. When we view who you are and when we look at the greatness and the majesty of who you are, Father, our fitting and only response is to bow down as low as we can in worship, to humble ourselves and to give our lives to you. And so, Father, that's what we want to do. And Lord, in this time where we're navigating a whole lot of things as a community, as a society, I'm praying, Father, that you would help us by the spirit of wisdom and revelation navigate our way out of this unharmed, Father. Like Daniel, uh, like, the, like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Father, the Bible says they, they not their hair was not even singed and they didn't smell like smoke. And I want to prophesy that over the people of God. I want to declare that over Empower Church that you will not even smell like the pandemic has even come close to you. There will be no effect. There will be no harm in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for your word. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, speak to my heart, change our lives, and let your presence, the reality and the power of the good news of Jesus, let the, let the Holy Spirit, would you go and manifest yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Genesis chapter 22. We're going to read this today. And I just pray it, but it comes as an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. I believe it's a word for us in season. So come on, come in faith and let's get around the word today. Let's read. We're going to read from verse number one, do a bit of reading of this text today and uh, refer to probably one other scripture, maybe two, two scriptures. And then we're just going to um, have a good talk today. It's going to be good. Sometime later, Genesis chapter 22, verse number one, the Bible says, sometimes later, God tested Abraham. 
put in the chat, it's a test. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a, on the mountain, on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two servants, uh, two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he sent out, set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood uh, for, sorry, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and a knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Look at the prophetic language. This is important for us in this time right now because we can be talking such doom and gloom, end of the world type of things. But even when it was literally the end of Abraham's world, in the context of his um, generational line continuing, it's coming to an end right here. But Abram, Abraham is in faith. Abraham is still prophetically declaring the goodness of God. And did you hear what he says? God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Verse number nine, when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Remember this story starts with God speaking and Abraham saying, here I am. Do not lay. It's the heart of obedience. It's the heart of response to the voice of heaven in your life that we must. Our fitting response to his voice is, Lord, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the body. He said, do not do anything. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your, your, from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed the burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide unto this day. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time. And he said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld. I want you to put that word in the chat, write it down in your notes. He, you have not withheld your son, your only son, your most valued possession, your future, your, your destiny, everything that you're banking on. You have not withheld. 
I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and in the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Because you've obeyed me. It's a fascinating story here that that preaches so well. We could talk about so many different themes around um, around obedience. We could talk around uh, the theme of sacrifice. We could certainly find the metaphors of Jesus, the type of Jesus, the father Abraham sacrificing his son, his one and only son. We can see the emphasis. We can see how this is a type and a picture of what the father is going to have to do when he sends his only son, Jesus, to the world to be crucified on the, uh, uh, to be crucified and, and resurrected again on the third day. There are so many types we could preach. We could preach about about the partnership between Abram and Isaac. We could preach about the power of worship. Let us go yonder. Let us go to the mountain to worship. We could preach about the prophetic declaration throughout the trial that Abraham had about the faithfulness of God, that I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but the same God that caused me to conceive this child is the same God that's taking me through this trial. Therefore, if the God that took me to it is the God that can get me through it. Come on, somebody. And so we could preach about so many different things, but today I want to zoom in on, I suppose, the reality that we are facing. I want to zoom in, not on the part that we can see. I want to zoom in today, probably a bad uh, term of expression, zoom in, because really what I'm asking us to give our attention to in this moment is not what we can see, but rather what we cannot see. See, God has a history of not revealing to us the, 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 to his people, to his children, to Abraham, the end of the story whilst we're at the start or in the middle of it. He has a history of not revealing to us what he is doing, although he, or, and I know that the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. I know that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and those that have ears to hear, I know that there are people that are connected prophetically to what the Spirit is saying. But even those people, even the most prophetic people that you keep sending me videos about, even those people uh, in seasons of their life, like all of us, we don't know where the story is going. Maybe you're in a situation right now and, and uh, like we've all been, we've been locked out. And some of us are in a situation, uh, we've been locked down. We've all been in that. And when we were going through lockdown, we're all asking the question, how is this going to end up? Where is this going? Where is this taking society? Now, some of us are in a predicament where we face other challenges re relating to this global pandemic and the struggle and the challenges that we're in as a society. And we're asking similar questions because if we're honest and transparent about how we and what we know, the Bible tells us that we all only know in part. 
And so we must acknowledge that this is the God that we serve. And for whatever reason, in his infinite wisdom, he decides to withhold certain things from us. Often he hides what he is doing while he is doing it. It's happening right before our eyes, even though we couldn't understand it or comprehend it at the moment. In hindsight, we often have the ability to look back upon what we've gone through and experienced and see the hand of God. My parents went through a divorce as a young child. I grew up without a father. My mum raised me, dragged me along to church. But as an adolescent, as a teenager, as a young man, I struggled with all kinds of identity issues relating to acceptance and the approval of man. And some of those things are an ongoing journey in my life. But I look back on that season and I can't tell you the countless amounts of people that I personally had the opportunity to witness to and encourage and exhort when they are going through, especially in my time as a youth pastor, Um, all those years ago now, the opportunity and the platform that that pain gave me, even though I couldn't understand or comprehend the miracle or the testimony that was going to come out of the trial. In hindsight, I could look back like Abraham could. I could look back and I could realize the power and the magnitude and what God was doing all along, even though I could not see it with my eyes. And while there are many, uh, while, while the reasons are many and often a mystery we, uh, we know, often there are mysteries that we don't know. He always is faithful to pay on his promises. The Bible tells us that the word does not return back to him void. It completes what it sets out to achieve. The reason why God is not a liar, because his word is full of integrity. And when he speaks it, even in the midst of darkness, he says, let there be light. And there is a transformation that happens and light appears. When he looks at your body and and death is trying to overcome it. And just one word from God has the power to shift that thing around in your life. And we often live within this tension of the of being in the story and not knowing the end of the story. The tension of now and not yet, the tension of promise but not received, the tension the, the tension of spoken but not seen, the tension of living in between, the uh, living in between the words spoken and the destiny lived out, living in between the the promise and the place. The tension of being in it but not understanding why. Lord, and this is the place that we find ourselves in. And a significant challenge we have as readers of the Bible is that we know the outcome of the story. We already know the end. If you were like me, I learned this story on the felt board in, in 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 children's church all those many years ago. Where this is Abraham, Feltboard Abraham, this is Feltboard Isaac, and they're going up a mountain, and all those sorts of things are happening, and God rescues, and we know the story, and because uh, because uh, we we've read the story, we have a significant challenge because we approach the story knowing that the drama, knowing that the uh, conflict, knowing that the challenge 
will pass. Knowing that the bad guy will get defeated, we approach the word of God like a Marvel movie, knowing that in the end, Iron Man, no matter how bad it gets, is going to win. We, 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 um, and because we approach it with that in mind, we approach it with ease. We approach it with peace. We approach it with, uh, without an anxious heart. But unfortunately, we often don't approach our own lives, our own story, our own in-betweens, our own lockdowns, our own global pandemics. We often don't approach them in the same manner. And this is what I'm trying to help you to see today, that in the midst of the trial and in the midst of the test and in the midst of the pain and in the midst of the persecution, we must be a people that are are committed and are focused on the fact that Jesus is in the storm with us. He's in the storm. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul is encouraging the church at Corinth when he says these words, for we walk by faith and not by sight. This verse is casting a parallel for us. It is trying to create a black and white between what it is to live by faith versus living by sight, living by the spirit versus living by the flesh. These two, they are two things. So we must live by faith and not by sight. In other words, to live by faith is to not live by sight. If there's one challenge the world has, the church has right now, is that we are living by sight. We are so anchored on what is temporarily happening right now. You're leaving churches over what's happening right now. You're checking out of community over what's happening right now. And friend, I want to tell you, this will pass. Listen to my words. This will pass. If there's a time to lean into God's voice, if there's a time to listen and uh, listen to what the Spirit is saying, I believe that He is saying that this will pass. We will be out of this before you know it. And Paul is admonishing, he is encouraging, he is, um, com- uh, he is um, I suppose, imploring, urging the church to don't live, don't live by what you can see. Don't judge what God is doing by what you can see. Uh, because at the end of the day, God moves in ways that even the, the human eye cannot understand. Mark chapter 4 verses 26 to 29 tells the parable of the good seed. And it's a parable that is saying that the kingdom of God is like a seed. The kingdom of God is like a man that scattered seed. And the farmer, that, that man, went. doesn't matter whether he went to bed, whether he woke up or he went to bed, the seed continued to grow. The seed continued to grow. The message of the parable is that the kingdom of God is unstoppable. A global pandemic cannot stop it. A government cannot stop it. The shutting down of churches cannot stop it. The only thing that you and I need to understand is that God is continuing to move. But we will, we will um, sell ourselves short. We will 
uh, fail to realize that God is still on the throne if we keep looking at the seen and not lean into the unseen. Here we have a story, a very practical story in Genesis chapter 22 around this idea that, that Abraham is asked to sacrifice and give up what he felt and knows was already promised to him. And in the context of only of this message today, where we're really focusing about on what we can't see, this is what I want to extrapolate from this story today. Because often we are looking at just one aspect of what God is doing. And so right now we're looking in the world and we're looking at... Um, we're looking at the lockdowns and the lockouts and we're looking at the, the challenges and we're looking at economies and we're looking at, at the government and we're looking at, um, at the circumstances that are plaguing our life. We're looking at the terminal diagnosis. We're looking at um, all of those sorts of challenges. We're looking very much at what's happening here. But friend, I want to encourage you to know today that while that's happening here, God is also doing something here. There's a term, I'm sure you've, sure you've probably heard it before, and I get this thought, credit where credit's due, um, he articulated it in this way, T.D. Jakes, when he said, he, 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 he called God the ambidextrous God. See, the word ambidextrous simply means someone who is able to use both hands with equal ease. Someone who was very skillful or versatile with both hands. Now, I write with my left hand, but I do a whole lot of other weird things with my right hand. I shoot a basketball with my, with my right hand, but I throw a tennis ball with my left hand. I kick a footy with my right foot. Um, and so, I, but I'm not purely ambidextrous. If you ask me to write with my right hand, it would be illegible to you. If you ask me to throw a tennis ball with my right hand, it would end up over the fence. You know what I'm talking about. And so they're, they're, I, I'm not purely ambidextrous because amb, I'm, I carry, I think they call it dualism, where I can, <coughs> excuse me, do a few things in both hands, but I still have a dominant hand that I lean to. Whereas ambidextrous, is where you can do both things equally with both hands. Where your right hand is as strong as your left hand. Where your right and your left are equal. And this is where I want to bring this message to a close. Because this is the God that we serve. We've probably all heard scripturally about the right hand of God. I'm sure, sure you have. In terms of the right hand of God, we can find that phrase occurring in the Bible 169 times. It signifies power. It signifies pomp. It signifies preeminence, might, majesty, glory, grace, strength. And so on, it signifies where he is, where is Jesus? He is seated at the right hand of the Father. What does that represent? The place of power, the place of demonstration and mind. And all these things can be found at the right hand. However, there might be times in your life, Abraham, there might be times in your life, Matt, 
where you can't see the, the, that part of what God is doing. Where you look at the lockdown and you look at the lockout. And if we are honest, we could, we could be having this conversation about, hey, well, our prayer isn't powerful because we didn't get out of lockdown. People fasted 40 days. Churches went on 21 days of prayer and fasting and did all these sorts of things to see COVID eradicated from the earth. But it didn't happen the way that we would have were, were praying for it to happen. And so we're either in that moment, as we, as we just get really honest and practical, either say that God doesn't answer prayers our pray, or our prayers are powerless, or that there is something else going on because just because we can't see the right hand moving doesn't mean the left hand isn't moving. Got that the other way around. The right hand is moving. The left hand is moving. You might not feel the power. You might not see the preeminence of God. You might not see his anointing moving like you want it to move. You might not see the healing happen like you want it to happen. You might not see the opening up of churches happen like you want it to happen. It might not be in the way that even your prayers are directed towards it happening. But friend, this does not mean that God is not moving. Why? Because we serve a God that is ambidextrous. We serve a God that is equally moving in the left hand as he is the right hand. It's just that our humanity is wired into the seeing part of God's right hand. The miracle, the the signs and wonders, the, the big thing, the parting of the Red Sea. But all along, even in those times, even in those moments, God is shifting something. And this is my word of encouragement. And so when you look at the right hand of God and you can't find it, don't give up. Keep looking because there's a huge probability that if you can't see God doing something in his right hand, if you can't see the prayer being answered in the way that you're asking for it to be answered, please do not lose sight of the fact that God is moving anyway in your midst. That when you think you're going to sacrifice your son, your only son, God is still moving. Listen to this in Job chapter 23, verses 8 and 9. Behold, I go forward, but he is, he is not there. And backwards, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where does he work? But I cannot behold him. He hides himself on the right hand. I cannot see him. Job said, I go forward, he isn't there. I go backwards, I can't find him. On the right hand, he is hiding himself. If this is not a word for you and me to be looking in the right place at this moment, I don't know what is. He's high at times in your life, he's going to hide his right hand from you. Why? Because there is, a, there is something deeper going on. But just because you can't see the right hand does not mean that God is absent or not interested in what is happening in your world. There are times when we need his strength. There are times when we need his provision. There are times when, uh, when, when more than anything else, we just need him to work on our behalf. You might be weak. You might be weary. You might be tired. You might be tempted. You might be confused. You might be, um, you might be, uh, yeah, you might be confused and discombobulated in this time. You might be disorientated in this time. You might feel disconnected or depressed or confounded. 
You might not able to find God in the place that you're used to finding him on the right hand. But friend, open your eyes. Don't look by sight, look by faith and you'll see that God is moving on the left side. See, destiny and miracles are often happening in the places that we can't see. And before we get back to our text today uh, in, in Genesis, and I'll be done in two minutes, I promise you. Let me, let, me, let me take you through some other biblical characters that had this. A popular one at the moment is because we're trying to liken what we can do and can't do through Daniel and through Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego at the moment. But Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were put in a fire. They refused to bow down and worship the king. And so as a result, they were placed in a fire that was heated seven times hotter, so hot that the guard that threw them in the, in the prison died from the heat. But the Bible tells us that not even a hair on their head was singed. They came out not smelling like smoke. Now, did they know that? Of course, they did not know the end from the beginning. The Bible tells us that, that they even said, even if our God does not rescue us in the way that we want him to, we will not bow to the king. And that's the kind of faith we need to have, an even if type of faith. Not knowing the end, the end from the beginning, but committing to living this life that's anchored in the faithfulness and the, and the power of God. That God might not be moving over here, but he is over here. And what happens in the end? God's right, God's right hand seemed to um, not protect them. God's right hand seemed not to allow Daniel to go into a lion's den. Daniel got sent in that lion's den. You could have been looking in that time saying, man, where is God's power? But it was a setup for, some, for God's hand that was working on the other side of that mountain. And here we have, as we come full circle back to Genesis chapter 22, the ambidextrous God. While Abraham is going up one side of the mountain to worship, God through his left hand is leading a ram up the side of a mountain. Just at the perfect time to be caught by its horns in a thicket. God is moving and I want to prophesy to you today that God, you, God, I know you're, you feel like you're going up a mountain right now. You feel like you're in a place of sacrifice, but something else is coming up the other side of the mountain. 2020 and 2021, you've been climbing a mountain. You've been worshiping. You've been paying a price. You've been going for it. But I want to encourage someone today that there is a miracle coming up the side of the mountain. Now is not the time to walk away. Now is not the time to lose heart. Now is the time to look with the eyes of faith and know that I may not see the miracle. It may not appear till the very last minute. It may not happen until we hit those flames. It may not happen until I'm in that lion's den. Come on. It may not happen until the sling is the stone is in the sling. It may not happen until the very last moment, but there is a ram that God is leading up the other side of the mountain that you are climbing right now. 
And I just want to bless you with these words today. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be inspired. I want you to know that if God is for you, then who can be against you? Friend, listen to my words. This is not the darkest time that the church has experienced or will experience. There are tough times ahead. There are challenges that we are going to face. But I want to tell you, I want even Siri's getting excited, but I want to tell you that God's power, the kingdom of God is unstoppable. Father, for everyone like Abraham facing a mountain that they're climbing, a mountain of impossibility, a mountain of sacrifice, but they're doing it in obedience right now. I want and I want to ask Holy Spirit that you would go and fill them with peace. You'd give them a vision. You'd help them see what the left hand is doing while the right hand seems to be still. I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that uh, that you would you you would release miracles over your people. Oh, I pray, Father, right now over our country that there would be a shift that would take place, Lord. I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. We declare your sovereign. Power is at work in our government. We declare it's at work in our state. We declare it's at work in homes and families. Now, I want to thank you that this is not the end. And I pray that you'd give us the ability, Father, to approach this story that we're in right now, to approach this global pandemic that we're navigating right now. Lord, like we read these stories of these great biblical characters, that we would be filled with peace, that we'd be filled with, uh, with wonder, that we'd be filled with expectation, knowing that Jesus, just like in the Marvel movies, you always win. And so we humble ourselves and we worship you, Jesus, even in our lack of understanding. We worship you, Jesus, and we declare that you are worthy of all the praise and the glory and the power. Yours is the kingdom forever. Be exalted forever, Jesus. As we glorify your name, Father, I pray your presence would come and fill people right now. I pray your anointing would come and fill people. I just feel, man, there's an anointing to pray right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus, I shut the, the, that, those, shut down those lies right now. I shut down deception in the church right now. Lord, and I thank you for your power and for your peace. I thank you. God, you are on the throne and we declare in the name of Jesus. We declare in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against me and my family shall prosper. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations, your family, your children and your children's children. We declare blessing and favor. I thank you, Lord God, that the best days ahead are for the church. I thank you, Lord, specifically for Empower Church. I thank you that you're going to use us. There's going to be an explosion of salvations and souls coming into the kingdom in our East community, in our North community. Father, I thank you that you're even preparing a way for the gospel to be planted in the West and in the South of our city right now. You're bringing in leaders. You're bringing in in the right people. You're bringing in people 
Father, that are going to carry the vision of seeing the gospel surround the good news of Jesus, infiltrate and impact our community. I pray right now that there would be a rising up of the fivefold, that there would be a raising up of evangelists, that there would be a raising up of apostles, of prophets, of pastors, of teachers, of evangelists. Lord, right now, more than ever, we need evangelists that would boldly declare the love and the good news of Jesus Christ. We need, Father, right now, those, Lord, that would rise up and just begin to speak the word of God with boldness in this time, filled with love and humility, Jesus. I'm asking today in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen your church, that your church in this time would be a place of power and miracles. I pray that there would come a hunger and an appetite for the things of your spirit like never before. A hunger for your word, a hunger for your power, a hunger for heaven on earth in the name of Jesus. And I'm declaring over sick bodies right now, right within our community. I'm declaring, Father, over the Daninis right now, the anointing and the power of your spirit to heal their bodies today in the name of Jesus. I'm declaring where there is strife in homes, it will be replaced with the peace of God. Where people are feeling incompetent and unskilled to be fathers and mothers and husbands and wives. Lord, I thank you for a supernatural equipping right now to happen in their homes in the name of Jesus. We are declaring the greatest days are ahead for the church. We are declaring that, that Lord, not only will your church fill the world and see the glory of God manifest through miracles, signs, wonders, and deliverance, Lord, I am also believing that we will be able to gather and we will be able to we will be able to get together right now, Father. We'll be able to get together and worship like we have, and we will see your kingdom come. Lord, we want to pray for every church leader and church pastor in our city and in our community. I want to pray, Father, for the mega churches, and I want to pray for the new churches. I want to pray for the home church. I want to pray for the small group. I want to pray for, for the, the significant churches in our city, Father, that have, that have influence and that you've given a voice to. Lord, I want to thank you right now. We declare protection over them. We declare and we thank you for the mind of Christ to be on the leaders and the elders and the boards of those churches. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus that your anointing, Father, would come upon them in a new way. Lord, we thank you for innovative and creative ideas, Father, for solutions, especially while we're in this lockdown season for every single church and church pastor. I pray protection around church leaders, Father, as they put themselves on the line, declaring their stances and their COVID responses, Father. You know that their heart is trying to do it in love as a shepherd uh, guiding the flock. But Father, I pray that you'd protect their hearts. I pray that you would uh, protect that space where they connect with you, that it wouldn't grow, get hard. Lord, that the lies uh, would, would not penetrate their heart or their thinking or their mind, that they'd lead with clarity and vision. And Lord, that, they would, that you would just surround them and bless them in this time. We pray for every, every church member. Lord, we pray for every church member that they would get the revelation that they are a minister. They have the same anointing and power. They have the same, 
They have the same ability to affect and influence the world, just like their pastor or leader or whoever. And I pray that you would raise up a church full of ministers, not members. Lord, we're just praying, Father, that your kingdom come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought this was going to be a shorter one. I just spent the last 15 minutes praying, 10 minutes praying. I think it was powerful. I hope you did too. Um, want to encourage you, make sure you connect in person where you can. Do that. We love you and we'll see you soon.